Today on Unleashcast, I talk to Mariano Suarez Batten, the founder of Mural, and Jim Colback, the chief evangelist at Mural, the collaboration software. We talk about developments in collaboration technology, pain points for the industry, and more. This was recorded at the Economist Impact event, so it has the background noise of a buzzing event. Do bear that in mind. For now, though, it's over to Jim. Jim Kelbeck from Mural. Uh, thanks very much for your time talking to Unleash today. My first question to you is, of all your clients and people you work with, Fortune 500 companies, I'd imagine, um, are you seeing any commonalities in their pain points in 2022? Do you think? Jim, I'll come to you first, actually. Commonalities? Yeah, and I, I think so, and I don't think they're uncommon stories that we haven't heard elsewhere. Around, uh, well, I guess it was 2020, people thought they were going to go back to the office, right, in like that fall, and then Delta hit, and then there was a delay. And I think uh, there's a couple. Of, there's a couple of things, and it's kind of wrapped up in the in the the idea of hybrid work, and hybrid is here to stay. That there was this kind of realization that we might be reopening offices, but we're not going back. We're not going backwards. Um, and uh, the big pain point is they have at the organizational level, but also at the team level and even the personal level, figuring out what is the new modality of working and how is that going to be. And the answer is it's going to be multimodal. Sometimes you might be in person, sometimes you might be all remote, sometimes you might be hybrid, right, with a mix of things. So it's trying to navigate that fluidity and how that's actually going to, what are the rules of engagement, when when are you in and when are you out, all of those kinds of things. It, there's a cascade of problems that fall out of it. And I, I think the, so that that's on the where they work side, but the other thing that we're seeing is like people figure out how to do the task work remotely or mobile. So individual productivity in a way is okay or up, at least for the knowledge workers and we call imagination workers. So individual productivity up, team productivity, when it comes to like, getting together to solve those more complex problems, strategy, innovation, team building, not so much. Actually, down. And the aspiration is, oh, let's go back to the office, so that, X, Y, Z. And I think it's like a nostalgia that we have of, uh, in the office, all these things happened. And, and the reality is like most meetings were poor, like generative, collaborative meetings were not spectacular as we remember them. That's like imagination filling in the gaps from memory, right? And even if uh, people figure out through flexibility, remote, malleable work, mobile work, uh, the content, the way we are collaborating uh, is generating this connection in people, right? Like the, the reality is like meetings go over time, high speed person in the room is still in the virtual room talking too much, we go into solutionizing instead of thinking about the problem. Ideas of interesting people, smart people go unheard. Quiet guys. And then ultimately people say, fuck this shit. Oh, sorry, it's on the record. <laughs> That's fine. Um, and, they, and they leave or they're, like, they're not engaged. And that's, that's what we see over and over and over. It's good news that there are some people that are like fixing it. Right? Yeah. I, I read a, a, a recent blog post of yours 
to pull out a quote, the quote that really stuck with me was, um, well, you say individual productivity is up, but team productivity is not. So you sort of mentioned it there, but can we dig into that a bit? I mean, how have you come by that assertion? I'm not saying, certainly not saying it's not true, but what are you seeing in, in um, the market or, or the way that people work in business now that, that's led you to kind of... Uh, come across that or, or come yeah well we hear stories around oh we had to redo that sprint because in the original uh, collaboration we did not deeply understand the problem and, and an engineer that had to share his point of view did not and like why didn't that person share that in the first place well probably because there was no space mm-hmm. for us to collectively as a group collaboratively design or like do a little diagram, very simple diagram, disclosing what's the current way that your user is doing something or the current architecture diagram. So no one was paying attention on how they're designing their time together and they feel the impact later. Or the other story that I shared today, uh, in the past, uh, in this entertainment company, when they launched global brand updates, they were like, design it centrally in headquarters, push it to the ends on, on the extremes like in each of the local and said, no, it doesn't work like this because of, and then they had like rebuild it. And it took again a lot of stress, a lot of overtime and so forth. Now this guy flipped it and brought in the 150 people that would be involved at some point very early into workshopping to deeply understand the customer needs and, and the nuances of different cultures. That that saved them a lot of time on not having to like redo stuff. Just redoing stuff. Sometimes it's like the most evident one. Oh, we redid it. Oh, shit, we didn't go through that step to understand where the know, compliance implications early on. The later that you leave understanding deeply your problem, the, the, the heart is going to hit you later in the rebuild, right? And of course, that, that, also, that woman also uh, was more engaged now that she was participating early on, right? There's like a, another component there. So faster time to market, definitely. There are times, that, again, you, you ship something that no one gives a shit. Right, like so, like customer connection is not there because again, you didn't introduce it early on, and uh, and sometimes we uh, there's a professor Jean Litka, and happy to introduce you if you want to do a deeper thing on design thinking. As a, she calls design thinking is a series of methodologies, right, that bring, come from design uh, to bring more human centricity, prototyping, iteration into the problem solving, right. And she, said, she, she studied groups and she talks about uh, design thinking as a social technology that drives behavioral change. And one of the interesting things that she saw is that uh, engaging more people early on with more direct contact with the end user made people more willing to actually get, do something about it, actually solve the problem. So there was like a little motivation also by having the methods introduced. So you, see, you hear anecdotes like that, like, or even in the meetings. Some people told me that they do brainstorming uh, with a scribe, and they all talk on the phone, and they send ideas one after the other. Like, and it's like, what? So it's like a serial process of ideation. Like, no, that, that's, <laughs> and we, and it's like, we always have to schedule another meeting to continue. Uh, no wonder, <laughs> right? So there's like stories like that all the time, where if someone had purposefully designed the collaboration, the, the concept that we shared today is like collaboration design. 
right? We don't leave product design to chance. Well, some people do, but <laughs> most well-designed products are designed and purposefully designed. We spend half of our working time as knowledge workers collaborating or, in theory, at least in meetings, I'm not collaborating. And no, I mean, very few people actually spend the time to figure who are the right people should be there, what are the methods and the steps in the journey, how much time we need to allocate for this. Because again, last time we didn't have enough time. Maybe we need more time for this. Oh shit, we're approaching the end of the meeting. Let's do like a formal wrap up. Because if not, we have the meeting after the meeting after the meeting and some people might not be there. And then you have another meeting to report back so that we are all together. Or someone saying, you know what? We've been seeing that in the first 15 minutes of meetings, two or three people are catching up and it's unfair for the other 10. Because, so again, we're wasting 10 times 15 minutes every single time because people did not do their homework, so do the pre-working. So all of those little things tune up and we call that collaboration design and we are seeing that it's a competency that everybody that runs a meeting or helps run a meeting should have in modern work. And we're seeing professional collaboration designers starting to bubble up. In companies like USAA, which is like a big insurance company in the US, military insurance company, they have uh, full-time facilitators that also act as meeting producers, they call them. Again, 40,000, very traditional company, already has people full-time being employed to help others perform better meetings. So, Jim, I've just been in a, uh, a talk that was called something like um, how to put the guardrails on to prevent horrible hybrids mm -hmm. or something like that. Mm -hmm. And it had people from Deutsche Bank. Yeah. It had people from Slack. <clears throat> and, and he's listening because he's uh, the CEO of the company we, we announced the acquisition of. And he, he can also chime in in case you need it. Congratulations. <laughs> Thanks. Um, yeah, so, so we, I was just in this talk and they were talking about how to avoid horrible hybrid working, how to, how to make it a kind of a harmonized way of working regardless of whether you're all remote or whether you, parts of you in your, are in the office. And there's a little bit of a debate going on about should the office be kind of the center of all this activity? And someone, you know, came out with a quite good soundbite of um, it's where connectivity-based activity should happen rather than kind of productivity-based activity yeah. should happen because productivity, yeah. you don't need to be together, clearly. Um, where do you stand on that? Do you think, what's your opinion well, of hybrid working? Um, there, there is something very efficient about communicating in person and nonverbal cues and turn-taking is a lot fluid, more fluid and things like that. But the reality of our work situations doesn't allow for that. So this isn't about I prefer to be in the office or not. It's, it's about dealing with the reality of our modern work situation, which is going to be, as I mentioned before, it's going to be multimodal. And your team will not be next to you all the time or even... You're going to move in and out of hybrid and in and out of remote and in and out of uh, in, in person. Um, so I think it's it's more of a how do we how do we connect? And I think that's that that is that is really important is how how we connect because there are there are methods and problem solving methods that will help us with productivity and problem solving and innovation. But the reality is that teams are made of human beings and humans are social. And whether we like it or not, work is a social place. It's different. It, 
there's different types of dynamics. It, you know, you have your love relationships and your families and your friends, but the work relationships that you have are also very important, and they're important to the team as well, too. So if you look at like high-performing teams, they say they're connected, they're, they're aligned, and a lot of what Mariana was talking about, the core of it is an alignment problem. And if teams aren't aligned, there's going to be play do-overs, and you're going to have to redo work, right? Um, so I, I think you know, thinking about how, you, regardless of where or what can where you're doing work or how the, what mode you're in, how are you going to get the team aligned? And I think a lot of um, you know structured methods and guided methods that we're talking about, collaboration design. That's that's ultimately what you're trying to do is to try to get alignment of the team so that they can be both productive but also connected as teammates. One, one thing that uh, it's, it's adding up to the topic of uh, it's not about where you work, conversation about how you work, conversation, is that the reality is like, again, Chris lives in Pittsburgh, Jim lives in New York, and I live in Miami. If we're going to be working, if we're expecting to be connected only when we get in person, we're not going to be very connected. So the question is, like, how do you make time to do the type of connection? And I always tell, like, hey, there's video game guilds that are, like, friends with each other and never see each other, and they don't even know their names, but they're friends with each other, right? And that's because they, they spend, of course, this entertainment, so they have, but they, they spend a lot of time together just playing together and going through things together, making the time to, to dedicate a lot of hours playing, probably. Similar here, like, we, we need to, like, make the time, not just a space, right? Because, again, it can be done, as shown by I mean, all these kids playing games. Can I just bring you in, and uh, I can come over there, it's fine. So, can you introduce yourself and uh, tell us a bit about how you're going to be working with Mural? Sure. Uh, Chris Paccioni, uh, CEO of Luma Institute, but now uh, head, of, head of Luma inside of Mural. Uh, and... Um, ways we're going to begin to, well, continue our collaboration because we've been collaborating a lot. Um, first of all is, um, uh, I think, uh, somehow bundling our our services, which have traditionally been in training, teaching people how to collaborate uh, with with uh, the sale of the platform. So these guys obviously have always cared, and that's one of the reasons why we've always been connected. The missional co- uh, um, uh, aspect of this is like, we're here to provide you with the, the means and the know-how to collaborate better. So these guys have never been, to me, uh, a, a collaborative whiteboard, like some of the competitors. It's always been about the outcomes. And so uh, merging those together, selling them together, and so when we go into organizations, it's about, hey, um, yes, we have this wonderful collaboration space, but we're here to help you leverage it. And that's primarily what these guys have been doing, but we only do, which is like, okay, what are the things we can do inside of this space together? Right. Now, um, so we'll certainly be doing that. The other thing is we have some content, um, uh, the Luma methodologies, methods, and of course a lot of the, lot of the tips and, and all the content we have, the recipes that we make, um, that's going to get ported over into Mural the app. And so right now, a lot of our users, or a lot of our customers that use Mural and Luma have to go to two places. Just a better user experience when you get it all in one place. And so at their fingertips, while they're doing the work, they'll have all that stuff there. And so we'll be doing that. So those are two primary ways, I think. We're in a way, they've been practicing collaboration design and certifying collaboration designers for a long period of time. So there's like more than 100,000 people that went through the Luma training, and we've seen great success in companies 
companies, some are public, some are uh, private, uh, like uh, confidential. But the, 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 the known story is Autodesk that, uh, again, formally trained 3,000 people in Luma. So 3,000 people out of the 12,000 are trained in collaboration design formally. Right? So, it's actually more than that now, but yeah. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm growing. But the point is that uh, Autodesk saw it at a small scale, so it worked, and they said, you know what? We, we have English as a formal written language, we need a common visual language now. And that, that's what Luma became in there. Uh, and of course, they have a global firm, and they, they don't want to wait to connect, to connect, to be in person to connect, so they, they, they took it digitally. Right? So like people in products all over the world, people in sales all over the world, people in operations all over the world, even the C-suite uses methodologies that Luma curated and the system that they deployed on top of Mural to, and I quote, make better quality decisions by the chief of staff, like Rob Dickens said that. Right, so it's a nice, nice combination, and of course, like there's a lot of Luma, Lumatics, fanatics out there that spread the word. Luminaries. We had, we had to change the uh, name to Luminaries. Lumatics was. Uh, but but fans of the um, of the way of of working, so that uh, again more people, of course, like. We say like everybody runs a meeting and someone else that helps them run the meeting out of 10, two or three need to be formally aware if not trained on collaboration design. That's 250 million people. Because again, we're spending all this time in meetings that are like mediocre. And we had this problem before the pandemic. I mean, uh, well before this, we would go and show people how to use rooms and whiteboards and what to do with sticky notes. Cause it wasn't, you know, I love the quote from these guys, like, don't leave this chance. And so when we met these guys, we went, oh my gosh, yeah, this is going to be a wave of the future just from the standpoint of everybody having distributed teams. And so you had a lot of companies using both. But of course, the pandemic changed that and switched. But now with hybrid, we know it's not going to go back to the way it was. And it sounds like you presented him, like, you know, the future of hybrid work is going to be by time, synchronous or asynchronous, and space. Am I collaborating in person or am I collaborating remotely? To prepare everybody for the future of work, you have to be well-versed in collaborating in all four of those modalities. They're very important. That's that's what now this combination of uh, forces is going to do because we're going to continue to teach in person. But we're going to say, okay, this is how to, this is how to have a one of many prioritization. Talk about alignment in in a room or in a mural. We don't care. It's about the work. So, so Chris was mentioning that we've been partnering for a while, and the, the, the why we partner for a while because again, the first question that they they would always get asked in those <laughs> yeah. training sessions was, yeah. oh, I love this thing, but how, but how do I do it remotely? Yeah, but going back to 2010. Yeah, I, I, my, half my teams in Bangalore. How do I do this stuff and we were, uh, uh, well you know you could hack up some PowerPoint blah 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 and that's what we did but when I saw these guys come I'm like there's an answer here we go and that's what it you know made sense from there well I've got one last question actually I was going to wrap it up there but I've got an interesting I've got a more general question about emerging technologies um, 
and startups. What's the startup landscape feel like to you at the moment? It seems like a hectic space. Learning and development is kind of my background. Um, it doesn't seem to stop acquisitions and just incredible companies popping up. Is it? Is it a hard place to navigate? Is it? What's What's it like out there? Because, I mean, uh, you, you you were at Stanford. 20 years ago, I would say, something uh, like that. You're calling me old, but no. Hey, longer. I was at Imperial 25 years ago, so long, long time ago. But you know, Mural seems to be really taking off. So. Yeah. So, so we we started this company 11 years ago, like Luma, also 11 years ago, and. Um, yeah, way back when, no one was thinking about this, uh, like this, right, like, as he was saying. Uh, now, what we realize is that uh, we are a collaboration company, software company, but what we are becoming now is like a learning and collaboration company. Right, we're, we're, we're training, we're li- making the space to collaborate, so to learn to collaborate, to collaborate to learn, and track it. So we're adding like colla- I mean, collaboration insights or learning insights for you to improve how you are doing your, your journey into the methodologies and, and how you're doing in your company and also cross-company because a lot of people in sales, for example, use Mural and Luma to discover problems that the customers might have or collaboration with these consultants and their customers and so forth. So we, we have like the collaboration data to give us some insights. So the space is very interesting because there's a lot of folks for them right now innovating in video. Right? Like to say, oh well, like Microsoft Teams and Zoom dominate, yes, but there's gonna be application based. Uh, so we're seeing some opinionated software in collaboration, right? But for more like use case specific things that I thought was interesting. Yes, on the learning space, the degree and Edcast and all of those guys that, that I do like skilling and badging, a lot of interesting stuff there. We're getting more people trying to figure out how to combine collaboration analytics with performance analytics and uh, still holy grail but nothing excellent. We're, we're gonna be trying to have something there. Um, what else? We see a lot of folks yeah, with, with this opinionated, like doing a lot of around uh, well, video-based games, not video games, but video-based games, like like conversation starters, icebreakers, but just on the video audio side. Um, but yeah, I mean, innovation is beautiful. It can happen all over the place, right? In new products, but also in internal things. So it's not stopping. There we go. Well, perfect place to stop. Mariano, Jim, Chris, thank you so much for your time. Thank you.